0: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91 Well, we've got Daniel Leo on the phone with so much discussion about the future of rugby on the global stage. Recently, it's easy to naturally wonder what the powerhouses want and expect. The reality is though, smaller nations have a voice in this and the game can't succeed without the support of the Pacific. Such key contributors to rugby, Daniel Leo, is CEO of Pacific Rugby Welfare and a massive advocate for Pacific rights in sort and rugby. He's with us now. Talofa, Daniel.
1: Talofa, guys. Uh, pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you so much for, for coming on the show, mate. How are you going? I know you've been uh, pretty busy as of late. Um, how you been?
1: Yeah, no, it's good. I've uh, moved back from the UK, where the majority of the work I was doing uh, for the last sort of ten years uh, was. Uh, before that, I was playing obviously over in uh, in England and France. Um, before going into this player advocacy role, and brought the family back to to Queensland, where I am now. And the well, the supposedly sunny Gold Coast it hasn't been that great for the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, enjoying being back on this side of the world. And I've just started a uh, a welfare role here at the Queensland Reds as well, which is. Uh, building, uh, working with the Pacifica players, the growing amount of Pacifica players that are uh, here in Australia now. So, yeah, really um, exciting role uh, and yeah, um, just getting my feet stuck into that.
2: Mate, um, how proud of you at the moment of uh, Fijian Drua and the Moana Pasifika um, boys and what they have done so far this year?
1: Yeah, they've that, done that, that's, that's fantastically, I think. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, obviously, if you're looking at the, um, at the, at the results... Um, I think they've, they've been a lot closer than a lot of people probably would have imagined in, the, in their first mm. season. There's been a couple of blowouts, but um, you know that's probably to be expected given that a lot of these players haven't really had that um, that been exposed to that level of rugby before. Uh, hopefully, we you know getting some knock-on effects into our into our test teams, uh, you know, which is which is going
0: to be huge. Then you do think we're cl- uh, we're gaining some traction here? Obviously, the inclusion of these two sides within Super Rugby, uh, the talks about the National Rugby Championship, and the inclusion of the Pacific Island teams in a in a North and South Six Nations-style uh, competition. Do you think we're getting traction now? You've been at the forefront with World Rugby. You've been having those conversations week in week out. Do you feel like we're getting there? There's just still uh, so much of a gap at the moment.
1: Um, definitely making progress. Uh, you know, the eligibility laws that were changed uh, earlier this year have given us a real boost The fact that we can now draw upon, uh, you know, the caliber, caliber of player like uh, Adam Coleman, You know, while he's locked off uh, from the heritage, he's committed. Uh, but you know, guys like Nishalow, Castiel, uh, he's got guys are, uh, you know, big names in the mix that are. Um, you know they're now eligible for college and then as you say with well, these world-lead discussions you know, um, you know they, they they tabled this competition idea three or four years ago uh, we weren't very happy with it um, given the fact there was no uh, real progression path for the for the civil um, island teams and no inclusion but uh, that seems to changed. so i think i think things are on the up um, obviously there's still a lot of work to do in uh in, in, in other areas particularly i think around the uh the way yeah, but, yeah, um, definitely progress and a lot to be uh, to be
2: excited about. Oh, that's really good to hear, Daniel. So so there's a bit of equity sitting there um, in the decision-making. What what does equity look like moving forward for the Pacific game? Is, are you running off the back of what Rugby League um, has, and to, the Tongans have done in New Zealand and expecting more equity from the rugby side so that you're playing more in front of your own home
1: crowds? Yeah, I think, I think more games, uh, more against uh, meaningful opposition. So, um, you know, particularly for, uh, you know, the, the, top, the top tier two nations, we need to be exposed to uh, tier one rugby and, um, and, and more often, you know. But for me, you know, I played for start for 11 years, uh, you know, and I still only had 30, 39 caps, you know. <laughs> that was, uh, I think, on average about three and a half games per, per year, which just isn't enough to, you know, to get your, uh, as you guys know, um, know team cohesion and uh, and all that sort of stuff. You need more, probably a, bit, a, a few more games than that, particularly against mm. uh, higher caliber uh, opposition, and we're able to improve. So that's that's one aspect. And I think, as I touched on earlier, you know just the way that um, uh, you know where those games are is important for us. Obviously, you know uh, maybe All Blacks found out in two thousand fifteen playing us, in Samoa is very different a different beast to play oh. um, every game. That was very really really Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yep. <laughs> So, it's, uh, you know, that's all those sorts of things, home advantage. And also, we want to be playing games in the islands, you know. We want to be teams that, you know, our, our, our public can reach out and touch and, uh, and, and and inspiring the next generation of kids to actually play for, you know, for the Isar Songs and Um, which, um, again, it's, it's been really difficult with COVID. Uh, we haven't been able to host any games in the islands for, for a number of years now. Um, but hopefully as things, uh, free up and as, as uh, you know, as these, this new league comes into, into, play, you know, we can, we can get a few more games, even if some of the bigger tour, uh, bigger European nations are touring us in the lines here, um, you know, absent of their line stars, but you know, still that, you know, an England or a France, uh, you know, um, coming to, coming to play us in the islands is going to be huge for the game and, and the development there, just like the All Blacks was of 2015.
0: Yeah, I played that game, man. Wow. That was hot. And the crowd was just electric. The Manu Samoan team were on fire. Holy hecker. It was a tough game. We just got over the top in the end, but mate, I remember that vividly. Uh it'll be great. Great for the game to see the Englands, the Irish heading over to the smaller nations. Just on that, if we're if we're going to have a competitive uh Pacific Island teams, our Fiji's, our Manu Samoans, our Tongan, our Tongan teams. Do you reckon we're getting to a stage now where the alignment between our nations, our uh, Pacific nations, and the clubs? Because I know up north, a lot of our players play up north. They play for the clubs, and there is that separation. Do you feel like if we're going to get there? There needs to be a real alignment between the clubs and the nations, so we can get those teams to be fully strength when they are competing.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that probably won't change too soon. That you know, the majority mm-hmm. of the uh, you know, particularly our test quality players. Are going to be based in the northern hemisphere, and that's just a market, uh, you know, uh, thing. You know, that's where all the money is, and um, it's not just us that are feeling the, the impacts of that. It's, you know, the All Blacks now, the Wallabies, you know, this uh, this, this drain to to Europe, and how we, like if we we deal with that. Um, you know, probably key right up there is resources. You know, the resources. that you know, three months in advance, and actually having access to those players, you know, to be able to run camps. And uh, you know, in the northern hemisphere, you know, as the as the uh, you know as the Six Nations teams do, you know, it's not just about turning up into camp for the Six Nations to have two or three um, week yeah. one week mm-hmm. camps, but it's having access to those players as well. Um, you know, we don't have centrally uh, centralized models like the All Blacks do, where they have access to all of their, their Super Rugby players um, throughout the. Um, at various points throughout the season so um yeah and all, all of these things will cover with the price tag so for me the big yeah. uh, I guess the big uh, driving factor over the next sort of, three or four years is that we um, we need to find a way that we can um, you know resource particularly someone song you know Fiji is in a little bit of a different position they get the uh, the majority of the world rugby. They get they get a lot more funding for more rugby than the other two nations, and they've got you know um, a strong tourism market. Although that's taken a hit with uh, with the with COVID over the past, um, uh, and they're always going to get bums on feet at their stadiums. Um, a little bit more difficult um, situation for South you know, three hundred thousand combined population between the two two, two nations. Um, that that's always going to um, uh, provide a challenge.
2: Hey Daniel, you raise a really good point here, just quickly um, on the equity. Like there's uh, of of capital like they've got plenty of human capital out of it the unions and financial capital out of the out of the, the use of the islands and that what about the players um, themselves are they looking uh, towards playing for their their given country as opposed to uh, you know um, first and foremost having to play for a tier one country or or, or is it just you know you do what you're told?
1: Um, I think I think it's, it's a bit of both. I think um, a lot of players, our players now, particularly for the and Tonga, have um, come through the New Zealand system, um, and are pretty, are pretty you know that's, that's the country that's given them the opportunity to develop their rugby skills. In a lot of cases, whether that come, you know you know like myself, I was born and raised in, uh, in Auckland, um, you know, and then um, you've got players who have come over on scholarships um, at a young age. Um, and New Zealand's going to be a big part of any um, conversation um, you know, or any think, thinking process that you that you have. Um, you know, you want to um and 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 given the, the you know the, the strength of the, the All black brand, the reality is that if you, if you if you get an All black cap, you know, you basically chuck an extra zero on the on the on your contract value in, in, in Europe, um, and that's a, you know that weighs uh, heavily as well. You know, your your your, your longevity term, in terms of your career, and and you know how, how mm. you can provide for your family. Um, moving forward, so but yeah, but lots of lots comes into the question. I mean, we, we see the, the All Black brand. Power. I think the classic All Blacks played against Spain last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and and there was forty thousand people there. You know, that's <laughs> you know, um, um, you know, if Samoa was to go and play Spain. You know, two national teams. You know, will probably struggle to get ten thousand. That shows some of that. You know, the um, the disparity that exists, but it also shows us an opportunity for our unions to really that they really need to harness to build their brands. And this is what we just don't have at the moment: is that brand power. You know that you know. Um, it was, you know, I think the the, the pathway, is, you know, and and and, the, and was was there in the early '90s for for Munster more to be a really strong brand, but for some reason it hasn't eventuated, and that's the balls in our unions courts that they need to develop. That if we want to retain players, the players have got to feel like they, you know, they're coming back to play for something, and that they they're, they're, they're building something. Um, you know, a bit of a legacy, and um, at the moment that's uh, that's a real challenge for our unions. is just to harness that, uh, you know, that uh, that brand power and, and, and potential. I suppose.
0: Oh man, you nailed it! You nailed it. They're a sleeping giant, man, in the Pacific. They are a sleeping giant, and once they get it right, the pathways the we, we've seen they've 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 put they've entertained us on the TVs on the sidelines as a young record player growing up. You know, I wanted to be Rupinivalu and Booker. I wanted to be Joe Rockefeller, <laughs> You know, I wanted to be Inga the winger you know, Jonah Longu. So, uh, <laughs> mate, there's just so much uh, potential and, and, you know, power in the communities that is just waiting to erupt, mate. Daniel Leo, we um, appreciate you coming on our show, mate, and just sharing your insight. I know you're a busy man, as always. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, all the best for what the future holds. Thanks. I was going to ask you next question. What's your next goal? But I'm pretty sure it'll be something inspirational.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, um, mate, I've got my said earlier, I've got my uh, hands full with, uh, you know, helping develop um, you know Pasadena rugby here in Queensland. Um, you know, it's some really exciting prospect and uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, probably, you know, a little bit um, similar to where New Zealand was maybe 10 or 15 years ago in terms of the, the communities here and, and be able to tap into that. But I just, yeah, I'm just helping also to, you know, encourage players that there is a pathway, not just to play for Australia, but also for our, our Pacific Island nations as well for our, uh, for, for those players as a well. heritage. Yeah, yeah, no, enjoying it, enjoying life, mate, enjoying the sun as well. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Beautiful. Love your mahi, mate. Thank you very much. Here's some tips
2: for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low-maintenance and
0: won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.